Hello, and thanks for listening to Grace 91.1 FM and The Gate with Pastor Eric Kluth. The Gate is a program that focuses on the events, the happenings, the people, and the places in our local communities. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Gate. I'm Pastor Eric, your host, and today I'm super excited again to have (laughs) Dr. Ross, Principal and Administrator of Logos Christian Academy. Dr. Ross, thanks for joining me. It is a joy again to be here. Thank you for having me back. Uh, My pleasure. You know, last time we were talking, uh, we ended our discussion on what's not being taught uh, in schools, specifically public schools, and you said you had two examples. Uh, Could you give us that first example that you were thinking? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking not only not what's not being taught, but uh, what actually is being taught that we might not we might not know is being taught as well. So there are things that are being taught at Logos Christian Academy that are specifically not being taught, uh, and a lot of that has to do with the biblical worldview, obviously the scriptures, um, and and historical you know settings from Bible and all those sorts of things that are clearly not being taught in the public school anymore. But there are things that are are being taught or maybe better caught in the public school that would never be taught or caught at Logos Christian Academy. And uh, and so that's that's kind of what I wanted to address was uh, we have a tendency as parents to think that education uh, or the academic experience is purely uh, about academics. Um, and it is in great part that way. It is we are trying to impart to to the student, uh, mathematic abilities, writing abilities, reading abilities, scientific information, historical knowledge, that is really critical to their life to be able to really you know, prosper in the world in which they live in. But in, in the context of doing all of that, there are things that, uh, that are presented that would probably – uh, not be a part of the curriculum, or if it is a part of the curriculum, it's kind of under the radar type of thing. Things like worldview, uh, things like morals, ethics, values is a really big one, uh, because in our our particular world, the, those sorts of things have changed dramatically over the last several decades. Specifically, really over the last decade, there's been some dramatic changes in in values and morals and ethics and so forth. The very things that we would not consider moral 10 years ago now are being considered moral or ethical now is be considered ethical, even though from a, a Christian, Judeo-Christian you know, perspective, they wouldn't be. And so these sorts of things are not a part of this, the curriculum, but they are, in a sense, part of the non-written curriculum because the instructor, the teacher, the administrator of the school, those who are over the public schools has this kind of uh, perspective that they bring to the student. Yeah, and I think that that is really interesting to me. Uh, I like how you use the word uh, "what's being caught," because uh, it is—it's something that you don't think of um, when you send your your student to school. Is I mean, the the normal thought process is is I'm sending my kid to get uh, education on, like you said, math, science, history, the basic subjects. But I think we do forget about what the teacher is bringing into that classroom. You know, what's their worldview? What's their thought process on uh, what is right and what is wrong? And I think that Christians, uh, especially Christian parents, should really sit back and really examine that because... Mm. uh, 
that is something that is probably more impactful because that worldview is brought into every subject, every yep. uh, every discussion. It's not just like, okay, we're done with math. Now we're switching to science. This is an influence. Your child is being influenced for what, eight, six to eight hours a day? Yeah, 40 hours a week. 40 generally. hours a week. And then, then the question is, is like, well... They're going to church, you know, but how often are they at church? And it's like, what, two, two maybe to three hours, two to three hours a week. Maybe. So the influence of a godly worldview is very minimum. I mean, of course, our responsibility as parents should be teaching our children the ways of God. Uh, that is, that's a whole nother topic, right? Well, but a parent's <laughs> going to be hard pressed to find 40 hours in a week to, to, to teach and train and influence their 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 students. So the the school system, whichever school you're in, is going to have the lion's share of influence yeah. and an impact upon your child's life. And that's why it's so really critical uh, to make a wise decision regarding that because your child will be impacted so profoundly by it. it that's actually really <laughs> scary because I, I and I know that we shouldn't be driven by fear, but that should really uh, be some uh, a wake up call for us as believers and, and parents and even grandparents because there's many grandparents in this area that are raising their grandkids and taking yes. their kids to school is that you know we have to we have to be uh, alert and like a shepherd and and there's a lot of wolves that are trying to devour our children yeah right and yeah. and so so that takes me to the second second example you know can you share about that which has to do with influence? Is yeah, that what we influencer. talked about? Was the influence yeah. part of it? Yeah, um, I'll. Uh, there's a. There's a, two sides to this, of course. Uh, there's the positive side and the negative side. Um, uh, I'll give an example of a positive side. When I did my master's work, I went to a seminary in in Oregon, and uh, the the head of the theology department taught uh, theology, basically to 102, 101, 102, 103. And uh, he was a profound teacher, wonderful teacher. Uh, I still have notebooks filled with information from them. But um, he opened each class with prayer. Mm. And, um, and it, prayer was never a part of his curriculum. But the way he prayed, how he prayed, changed the way I prayed. It altered me. Huh. It impacted me profoundly. It wasn't anything that was taught it was, in fact, something that was caught. It wasn't something that was imparted intentionally. It was something that was influenced. And I literally changed the way I prayed because of that man. Uh, mm -hmm. He would have probably thought that the, the bigger impact would have been on my theological understanding of God and so forth. But it ended up being who he was and how he lived out his faith and how he communicated with God that profoundly checked, you know, changed my life. That's one side of the coin, and that's what we hope happens at Logos Christian Academy are those sorts of things. The life that the teacher is living, the the, the moment by moment uh, experience they have with God as they're living their life out throughout the day with God, the way that they start their classes with prayer, all of those just being who they are, filled with the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, has an influence on the child. That's one side of the coin. Mm. On the other side of the coin, God is not present. Mm. God is not in the classroom. The influence of the teacher remains the same. It doesn't change. It's exactly the same. It's just a different influence. Mm. And it's an influence that uh, reflects their particular worldview, their particular life without God, 
their particular way choices that they're making in regards to life choices. Um, and it is a far, far different influence. And yet that's there and it's very present. And the, and the child, just as much if not more with academics, will be influenced by that influencer. Yeah, and you were talking, uh, as we were talking last time, you were talking about like the three stages, right, of, you know, of, uh, of development of a child, right? And mm -hmm. could you share those again? Uh, the grammar stage, the logic stage, and the rhetoric stage, and the grammar stage being uh, K through uh, five, where... And this is a good example where their brains are like sponges. And so they are very profoundly influenced in that stage. And, uh, and then the second, of course, would be logic, where they begin to reason and uh, think things through. And they can be profoundly influenced on their ability to be able to reason and logic, depending on the particular worldview and the academic setting that it is. Yeah, and that's where I, that's where I was going at is, is that the, as you, I hear you talk about what's being caught, you know, if our child is in a, a public school setting where God is not um, being promoted to be and, or invited to be, you know, that they're being influenced. And then we then as Christian parents uh, then have that battle going on to where we're giving them and we're so this all this information is coming into them. But by the time they get to that um, logic stage, that influence is still so heavy still there. that yeah. you are now the child is thinking through and challenging and questioning, okay, I've got this over here that my Christian uh, environment's telling me, but I'm, I've got all these hours and years, really, uh, of influence of this worldview. And so there's that, I can't even imagine being in their shoes, you know, <laughs> it's because- It's kind of a conflicting matrixes. Oh you know, my goodness. The Christian matrix and the, and the non-Christian matrix, and they're at battle with each other. And it really comes down to hours. I, I mean, that's what, yeah, and, and years uh, that you are constantly being fed, because uh, that's what it is, is being fed uh, this- uh, uh, thought process, this belief system, and you have to be a, you have to have that choice of what am I going to do with it? Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and I was just thinking as I was listening to t you talk, I'm like, well, that's the answer of why so many high schoolers seem to be dropping out. You know, it's like yeah. going to college is like, you know, like, yep. Again, this is what I've learned from kindergarten all the way up to high school. Yeah, and the, the college setting is the ultimate iteration of that. It's like the final icing on the cake is what it is. Yes. Uh, and what we need for our kids is the very antithesis of that. I mean, I, I believe that. Uh, when you think in terms of uh, the great, to me, the great influencer is Jesus, yeah. is the Holy Spirit. And so he is, he selected out a group of men in which he spends 24 hours a day, seven days a week for years. And, and he, he does have a curriculum. It's really clear that he does. But he also has this profound influence on them. And that influence you know, dramatically changed their lives. And so, yes, it's, it is the curriculum, but it is also that influence. And as, as parents, I think it's paramount that you consider both of those things. Uh, you, you may be able to send your child to, to a school that's academically just way up there. And in the past, you might be okay with being content with that because the school may have held more of a, of a more Judeo-Christian worldview. But today, you can't afford to do that. Mm -hmm. Today, you have to think not only in terms of the academic level of excellence that the, the school has, but you also have to think of what kind of influence will this school and will that worldview and will the lack of a divine presence in the classroom and in, on the campus have on my child. 
Yeah. And I know that uh, knowing you as, you know, we've known each other for a few years now that your heart is discipleship, right? That you have a, a, a yes, huge passion for that. Very much. And I see uh, the discipleship in this thinking and and saying it's more than just the the lessons because Jesus gave the disciples many lessons, but it was the spending the time with them. It was doing life with them. Yes. And continuously giving them the worldview of the kingdom of God, right? <laughs> you know, seek, you know, the kingdom of God first, you know, so it constantly pouring into them. And I, I think that that's what set them up for success when Jesus ascended into heaven is that they had yeah. that established within them, the discipleship yeah. uh, to where they, we're able then to make the decision, no, we are not going to not speak about Jesus. We are going to continue to speak about him. We can't stop. We can't stop. <laughs> you, yeah. you, Is it good for us to obey you or is it to obey God? You yeah. know, and that's what we want our children to come to, right? Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Okay. We, I'll go ahead. I was just going to say, we have a really good example of this where Jesus, where Jesus goes to the woman at the well. And the disciples come back, and you're, you're familiar with yes. the story. And when the disciples come back, they're aghast at, at the fact that he was speaking to a woman. They were aghast at the fact that he uh, was speaking to a Samaritan. Uh, they were just blown away by the whole thing. Was that a part of a curriculum? No, it wasn't at all. In fact, he was he was impacting their lives by influencing by living his life out a certain way. And whether or not we want to admit it, uh, it might be difficult to do. That teacher that stands in front of that classroom is presenting a curriculum, but is also living whatever life that they're living out in front of that child and influencing that child to live that way. So you're saying like, in a sense, they're discipling our children. They are. They are. Whether intentionally or not, they, are, they definitely are. And I think there is some intentionality. I will just confess to you, Pastor Eric, we have intentionality in discipling our kids. We are intentionally trying to to raise them up in a biblical worldview and in a life with Christ and to be young men and young women of God. Wow. So that, This conversation is very uh, impactful, and I hope that you as a listener, even if you need to listen to it back, you know, you can listen to The Gate on all major uh, podcast platforms uh, to go back and listen because this is, uh, I think, very important. The question being, what is being caught by your student? You know, not, not necessarily like Dr. Ross was saying, you know, you could be going, sending your school uh, student to a school that has really high education, but also take that question in well what else are they teaching where else do, what else do they present in their f uh, faculty and staff I'm, I'm not saying that you can't send your student to public school but i think as a believer you should do some more research yeah. you know um and and that's why i like logos you know and i like i mentioned in the first episode you know i've had my children at logos for many years now and i love the aspect of the teachers uh because they live out their relationship with jesus christ mm -hmm. yeah. you know they they'll stop the curriculum to focus on the heart of the spiritual matters if need be yeah you know which is beautiful yeah very much um if i could switch gears sure uh you know, COVID-19 uh, recently uh, in the fall here, even now the numbers are ticking up higher um, and many schools have switched back from in-person back to online. I as an administrator, as a principal, what do you see the effects of online uh, schooling? 
Well, we, uh, you know, this all began last spring and, uh, and we had to make a decision was whether we were going to go with online or packets. We chose packets because we had in the past had some online courses at our school that simply were not that beneficial for our, our students, our particular students. And what I'm finding from parents that have, and we've had quite a few, made the change from public school to our school simply because of online learning, simply because it just doesn't work for their children. And their children are faltering because of that academically and in other ways, emotionally, spiritually, there's no social interaction. There's there's not those those really critical things that what well, kids need, they have to have. And so my experience from us and my uh, understanding from students and parents that have come is that it just isn't working very well. Uh, we came to uh, grips with this in early August, trying to decide what we would do, where everyone was going to online or kind of a split kind of uh, yeah, session. Hybrid. hybrid session, yeah. yeah. Uh, we decided that, uh, first of all, we were going to trust God. <laughs> we were going to believe that God is a part of this. And in our culture right now, God doesn't seem to be too much a part of the COVID thing. And uh, and we thought it was necessary to bring him into the equation. We thought it also necessary that we do something that was responsible, like we would with any kind of a virus. We would continue to take the precautions necessary, but we felt it was really critical for the students to be back on campus again. And, uh, and so we began classes on campus on August 17th, and we've been on campus ever since. And at this point, we haven't had a single COVID case that we know of, at least. And uh, it's, uh, the, the students are flourishing. They love it. Yeah. Uh, concerning online learning, you know, I had a lunch meeting uh, on Monday, and uh, this gentleman's, one of his wives, one, not one of his wives, his wife, <laughs> should I say. Oh, glad for that clarification. Yeah, I had to clarify there. Sorry about that. Anyway, so his wife is a teacher in a charter school here in town. Yeah. And he said that one of her biggest struggles with online learning is the fail rate. Like, yeah, it's huge. Like they look at the fail rate of these students and majority of her class is failing. Yeah. And, and so then that brings on this whole uh, stress on the teacher, you know, and I mean, that's often how teachers are reviewed. Uh, like how, yeah. how is your fail rate, you know? Yeah. And a lot of the teachers, specifically this teacher is saying, I have a high fail rate. Even at where my sons go to high school, the fail rate has gone up because of this hybrid, yeah. you know, uh, online um, learning has brought a huge challenge to students. One, I think that the issue could be accountability. Uh, I, t I talked to one teacher saying that he was having problems getting their students even on their face online to where they could see them and see what mm -hmm. they're doing. Uh, and two, you know, with parents working, that presents a challenge because now mm -hmm. uh, what is the student going to do when they're at home? You know, I know my kids, if they had the choice, they'll not they'll check <laughs> do out it, and yeah. do whatever they want, you know? So I, how do how do parents deal with this online? Uh, well, first, let me make the statement. We kind of learned something by the packets, uh, and the packets are just kind of an alternative to the online, but I think it's very applicable to it. Mm -hmm. In a sense, both of those, whether you do online or you do the packets, basically they were set up to fail. 
and here's why. Uh, we, we have a particular paradigm that we use for academic, for training, and it has to do with the classroom, and has to do with stu students, and it has to do with, you know, moment-by-moment -moment accountability and all those sorts of things. And, uh, and the students are prepared for that particular academic setting. When we went to packets or when the schools went to online, we were asking the teachers to do something they were not prepared to do. We were asking the students to do something they were not prepared to do. They were, we were asking the students to uh, take a, a role in their academic journey that we never taught or trained them to do. More uh, self-management. Uh, uh, you know, self-discipline and all of those sorts of things. And the teachers to teach in a totally different way. Some of these classes I've heard are up to 60 students on these online classes. And they've had to double them up because some public school teachers have refused to do anything. They won't teach at all. And so they've just these huge classes. And then because they were not prepared to teach at that kind of platform, there are some online platforms that are very successful because they've been online for 20 years. But to ask a teacher to do that who's been in the classroom, it's just it's just a guaranteed failure, mm -hmm. and uh, and so that that's why I think it's failed. Again, that was really critical for the students to be back on campus. Okay, so we've talked about online. We've talked about what the students have been be, are catching uh, as in the influence in the classroom with the teachers, with the administration, principals, and stuff like that. As we get ready to end this uh, great conversation, I wanted you to have this opportunity to really talk about what's Logos, what what is Logos doing right now to produce world changers? Mm -hmm. Well, that is something that we continue to grow in. That is uh, ultimately our vision. Uh, you mentioned, uh, we talked about earlier how that we have a high percentage of, uh, of high school graduates that are being changed by the world and not changing the world. And uh, so that has become our kind of drive, our motor in us is to, to produce uh, world changers. And so um, we do have a curriculum that allows them to academically excel. We think that's really important, uh, that, that, that we have a very informed, very educated, very capable ability in, in regards to abilities with the, the, the academic subjects. Uh, so that when they step into the world, they'll already be distinctive of their culture. But we also think that they need a, a, a really strong biblical worldview, that they need to do life with God. Um, I think part of the issue with so many uh, high school graduates falling away from, uh, from their faith is that they never learned the day-to-day -day doing life with God. They, they saw, I think they saw God as a faith, as a belief that he exists and so forth, but their worldview didn't really make that transition to, okay, I'm, I'm up this morning, God, it's you and me. You know, and so uh, when it comes to stepping into an academic setting where there, where there isn't anybody with that worldview, if they don't have the particular biblical worldview where they're living their life with God moment by moment, then they don't have not only just the understanding of that, but the life experience of it. Uh, I remember before I went to Vietnam, uh, I, I stepped into Vietnam, uh, into the military experience in a completely secular worldview, and, uh, and I was a Christian. And what helped me was is that I had walked with Jesus every day from the time when I got saved at nine years old, and I was influenced by very significant people in my life on how to do that, how to live that out. That is that discipleship part that we that you mentioned earlier, Eric, 
And that is a part of, of the experience there as well, that they learn how to do you know, life with God. Mm-hmm. And once you've done life with God, you don't ever want to do it without him. <laughs> That's just the way it is. Yeah, it's true. No matter yeah, what absolutely. the culture is doing, no matter what anybody else yeah. is doing. And so creating that environment through which uh, that can uh, flourish is as a part of who we are as well. Wow. Yeah. And I, I I can't say any more about that because that's absolute truth, you know, is that, you know, as believers, that should be our desire for not only for our children, but for us as believers is do you do life with Jesus every single day? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's a great ending on that. Uh that that topic um so as our listeners have have had the blessing to hear you and to share your heart about uh christian education uh they might be thinking okay where is logos christian academy how do how do i find out how do can i go to work what can i do to find out more about the school yeah for years it's been one of the best kept secrets of casa grand (laughs) because we're just across the city limits on val vista and um treckle thank you so uh, we're on the corner of that, the northeast uh, corner of those two uh, streets. And yes, you can come visit uh, at any time. We can do a tour. We have people that are ready to walk you around the campus, allow your children to experience a classroom setting, uh, feel and sense the culture of the school and the spirit of the school. Um, and we can talk about the, the classical uh, aspect of the school, the, uh, and the academic part of it as well. We would love for you to come. We'd love for you to see the campus and experience. Logos Christian Academy. Can I say one more thing real sure. quick? Absolutely. Is that all right? I know for a lot of parents that I've been in contact with that sports and arts and music and those sorts of things are really very important to them. And I just want I want the public to know that those sorts of things are still available uh, to students, especially the sports, because just because we're a private school does not negate us from our kids playing in intramural sports. And as well, they can play at at, uh, at regular school, public school sports as well. And there are arts and music opportunities as well. So I just, even though our main curriculum is the, you know, reading, writing, and arithmetic, and of course, Bible and so forth, there are uh, other opportunities that are available to the students to have those experiences as well. And I would also add, uh, as we conclude here, uh, you're probably thinking, well, I can't afford a private school, a Christian education. But Logos does have a lot of different opportunities for scholarships, correct? We do. Yes. Yes, we do. Uh, We live in a wonderful state that uh, allows individuals to be able to contribute to uh, private education by, by means of their state income tax. There's not very many states in America that lets that happen, but we do. And as a result of that, we have a vast majority of our our students that are scholarship-based and a lot of parents that uh, don't have any out-of-pocket expense at all. It is, uh, it's very affordable because of that. We also have pretty low tuition. So in the combination of the scholarships and the low tuition, it is very doable economically. Uh, so if you if that's ever a concern, don't let it be. Um, we believe that God makes a way uh, that's that will be right for your child. And so uh, between that, the scholarships, faith, and uh, it, it can happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, again, I'm totally blessed by our conversation. I wish, you know, we could probably talk for hours upon hours. <laughs> uh, but uh, thank you, Dr. Ross, for joining me once again on The Gate. Uh, the Gate is a show that focuses on the events, the happenings, the people, and the places within our local communities here in Central Arizona. Till next time, God bless you all. <laughs>